When is nothing something? And what does the foamy head of a beer have to do with living in possibility? In this episode, I'll talk about one of the most powerful exercises I've never done with a horse. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Episode 153, Nothing is Something. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. So this is my podcast about nothing. Any Seinfeld fans out there? (laughs) All right. So in the last few years, I have often started clinics with a session that I thought would actually make students think I was crazy. It seemed like a crazy thing to do as a clinician when it first popped into my head, but I went with it and I'm really glad I did. So it's It started, I first did this at a clinic where I had had a whole plan mapped out. It was, I think, a four-day clinic. And I usually have the format pretty much in my head and organized before I start. But during the first discussion with the riders, or actually right after that discussion where we do the introductions, a new idea came to my mind. And... Luckily, I followed my advice that I usually give to other people, which is I decided to trust my instincts. And since then, I've done it in other clinics. And every time I get comments that this was the writer's favorite session or this was the best clinic ever. And, you know, I'd like to take some credit for being brilliant and coming up with this amazing exercise. But here's the thing. The session was about nothing. The instructions I gave them were to do nothing. And that's a pretty gutsy thing to do (laughs) at a clinic from a program that has dressage in the title. So the reality is that there are lots of somethings inside nothing. And so what I did was I gave the students the instructions to get their horses, bring them to the arena, and then do nothing. And when I say nothing, like picture that as a capitalized, like a capital N nothing. I want them to do nothing. And it was really fun to see how people interpreted those instructions. And unsurprisingly, there were lots of different interpretations of that. Now, I did notice that those instructions of doing nothing was actually causing a bit of stress for some people. And most of that stress was coming from their thoughts of, am I doing it right? (laughs) Doing what right? Am I doing nothing right? We humans really want to be able to grab onto a picture or something that we can... Um, try to recreate or work towards or accomplish, how are we going to know when we did it right? And since this was a bit of an experiment for me too, because I was just trusting my instincts, I had this idea, I'm like, I'm going to tell them to do 
nothing, but I knew it was going to be powerful and I knew it was what they needed. So I was doing it and then I had to figure out later <laughs> how this was actually working or why it was working. So I let them know that there were different ways to interpret it. Of, of course there were. I mean, I didn't really know how to interpret it. There was lots of different ways to do what we might call nothing. So nothing might look like standing still. So there's no movement, right? There's nothing happening. The horse is standing still, the human's standing still. But nothing also could look like the horse moving because he wants to move. So the horse is choosing to move and the human was doing nothing to interfere with that, right? So some of the nothings were a horse and a human standing still. Some of the nothings look like a horse wandering around and the human was doing nothing to interfere. So they were following around after the horse. So they wouldn't correct anything. So I let them know that, you know, as it, as it went on, I'm sort of observing and seeing that there were lots of different ways that nothing could show up. I also reminded them to notice their thoughts and see if they could think about not only the things or the no things that their bodies were doing, but what about the things or the no things that their minds were doing? So did was doing nothing meaning they were thinking no thoughts or was doing nothing meaning that they didn't do anything to interfere they did nothing to interfere with the thoughts that were coming into their minds. So I asked them just to play with it, just to see what happens or doesn't happen, to notice. And so what was easy to notice were all the things that were happening. Right? So there were definitely stuff happening. And what we all discovered is that everybody kind of became I was going to say hyper aware, but like more attuned, more, more able to notice and be aware of all the some things that was a capital S something, all the some things that were happening, the some things that they were thinking, the some things they were doing. And so right away, just from that, you know, the, the value of increasing awareness, especially self-awareness. I mean, that's a great place to start no matter what you're trying to do. And so it started to become clear really, really quickly, the value in this. And now one of the biggest values was the the dropping of pressure, you know, after the sort of pressure of the initial confusion <laughs> and like, oh my God, how can I do nothing right? How can I do nothing right? Once we kind of relieved that pressure and I said, listen, there's no pressure here, you know, so there's no pressure about nothing. <laughs> That's not just a grammatically horrible sentence. It's actually a truth. You know, we humans are so good at having goals, comparing ourselves to other others, judging ourselves, creating patterns. And sometimes, sometimes having those things can spring us into action. I mean, they're not, you know, having goals and comparing ourselves to others doesn't have to be bad. I mean, it can be what drives us. I really enjoy being, being the like 
third or fourth best in the room, right? Or maybe being the only one in the room that's, that's you know, being the, the quote unquote lowest level. Like I like being in a room when everybody's just a little better than me because I'm like, oh, they can do it. I can do it. Right. So we, we can use comparison and goals to drive us forward. So I, I want to make sure that that's clear. But even though sometimes goals and comparing ourselves and, you know, judging, critiquing ourselves can help us bring into action, it can also often create sort of pressure and noise inside our heads. Things like paralysis by analysis can set in. Imposter syndrome can rear its ugly head. And the fear of making mistakes, which hides behind our claims of perfectionism, you know, that fear of making mistakes can sit right on our chest. And so all of these things are happening and our horses are just like, what the heck is going on with my human today? So what had happened that made me think of doing this in the first place was during that first session, when we all sit down and we do the introductions and we kind of, you know, introduce ourselves and, you know, say what's going on with your, you and your horse, what do you hope to get out of the clinic, things like that. I, I just kept hearing a theme of people commenting that they were nervous or they felt like they weren't prepared enough or they were worried about their new horse or they were worried that their horse was, they were worried that the, they were worried that their horse was worried about this new location. So there was just a lot of um, worry and pressure and feeling, you know, we, we were just getting going. And um, I, I really felt like I wanted to take the pressure off from the intros that were going on. I just thought, gosh, there's enough pressure on. I'm not giving them any pressure, but they still felt the pressure. So how can I do more than just not give them pressure? How can I really explore a depth of taking the pressure off? And that's when I thought, what if I had an exercise where the exercise was to actually do nothing? It wasn't even exercise about relaxation. Let's often I start with moving massage. Let's all do moving massage, but that has a goal and we can look and say, ah, oh, that person over there isn't do is doing it better than me. <laughs> it's not very relaxing. So the results were were remarkable. There were eight horses, eight humans in the arena. Some horses were moving. Some people were moving. Some horses were not moving. Some people were not moving. There were so many different ways that that nothing was showing up. But what was what was palpable was the calming, the calming theme, the trend towards deeper and deeper calm in the atmosphere. And this was happening even though some of the horses were showing signs of being unsure, right? They were investigating, they were spooking, they were snorting every now and then. But with no expectations and no pressure, the horses were able to be the way they were without correction and without criticism. And I guess so were the humans. So even if a horse startled for a moment, the energy of the space remained calm and quiet. There were giggles. There was laughter. Many horses sniffed noses with each other and went up and greeted each other and were able to investigate 
everything that they needed to investigate. They were allowed to stare at something for as long as they wanted to stare at it. And so horses started releasing and rolling and students were smiling and breathing and confidence and positivity were increasing all from doing nothing. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are gonna be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. So the truth is, nothing is really something. When we let go of all our doing and thinking, we're free to notice everything that is. We're free to feel what's happening. The fear of what we can't do is replaced by the possibility of what can happen. We we can start to be like the horses. We can experiment without fear of correction or criticism. We can investigate what we want to investigate and stare at what we want to stare at for as long as we want to. I mean, not in a creepy way or anything. (laughs) We can do this. I don't know where I, why I went there. I was getting all profound and philosophical and anyway, (laughs) maybe I'll read that again. We can investigate what we want to investigate and stare at what we want to stare at for as long as we want to, because nothing with a capital N, contains all possibilities. There's a great quote I found by a Japanese architect. I'll probably pronounce this wrong, but Tadeo Endo. And he says, if you give people nothingness, they can ponder what can be achieved from all that nothingness. And Wayne Dyer says, everything that's created comes out of silence. Your thoughts emerge from the nothingness of silence Your words come out of this void. Your very essence emerged from emptiness. All creativity requires some stillness. So it turns out that this is more than just a nice idea. It's actually real. Quantum physicists have measured nothing. And I'll I'll put a link in the show notes to an article that I found about this. So they've measured nothing and they keep finding that there is something there. 
However, the something in nothing behaves strangely. All right, so just to sort of see if I can synopsize what I mean by they measured it, they they took a space and they like sucked out everything, vacuum, whatever, and they brought it down to a temperature so there was like no heat, no nothing. And they were able to measure that in, in this nothing, there was stuff to measure and it was like correct down to like the 12, 12 points after the, the decimal. And they found that subatomic particles were appearing and disappearing, appearing and disappearing. And they said it looked, it acted much like how bubbles appear and disappear in the foamy head of a beer. And so they actually called it quantum foam because of that essence, that effervescence quality of things, bubbles appearing and disappearing. Subatomic particles were appearing and disappearing. Energy was appearing and disappearing. So in that article about quantum foam, it says that in a location that's supposedly entirely empty and devoid of energy, space can briefly fluctuate to non-zero energy. And that temporary energy can make matter particles. <laughs> Stuff could appear from the nothing. Nothing is actually something. And they've measured it with really precise accuracy. So it's not just phil philosophy, it's measurable. In the middle of nothing, things are being created. In the middle of nothing, there are measurable possibilities appearing and disappearing. Effervescent possibility. Now, <laughs> we humans are masters at seeing patterns. We love to grab onto patterns. We become efficient through practicing patterns. We can also become dulled by patterns, mindless by patterns. Sometimes we, we realize this and we tell ourselves we really need to do something different. I think we've all been there, right? It's like, I really need to do something different here. We need a, a new system, a new hobby, a new pattern. And changing to a new system or a new hobby or a new pattern, that's certainly going to freshen things up. But it kind of keeps us in the same plane or often it can keep us in the same plane, just a new location, right? So we can switch to doing something different, but you might not end up doing it differently. So it's often that we end up approaching everything in the same way. We do different things, but use the same patterns. I mean, wherever you go, there you are. There's a there's even a saying that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Now, I'm not sure that's actually true, but it's worth kind of checking in with yourself on, especially if things aren't necessarily going so well for you, because the there's such a strong pull with us humans to stick to a pattern, whether or not it's productive. So I if we want to take things to a deeper level or a higher level, or if maybe we just want to make a more meaningful change to what we're doing and how we do it, or if you want to just like change the direction that things are currently heading in, you may want to entertain the idea of floating on the, the quantum foam of possibility.
So instead of grabbing onto a pattern and then changing and doing a different something, but using the same pattern, can we just float for a little bit? Can we just float in the quantum foam of possibility? So that first session of the clinic where I invited students to come into the arena and do nothing with their horses, this type of session I've replicated because I was like, that was a pretty cool result with these people. I wonder what happens if I do it with some other people. And it consistently leads to people telling me that was the best clinic or the best session. And so I've tried to figure out like, what is it about that, that experience of nothingness, that experience of in that nothing is the effervescent foam of possibility. I think it's the a little bit of the, the power of taking pressure off and allowing everyone to just relax. And I think it's partly because of the awareness that's gained by just being quiet enough to notice. And I think there's a power in the confusion, which creates people to, you know, think of new things to do. But I really think that that session is so effective in great part due to the opening of new possibilities that happens when you stop one pattern, but you don't immediately replace it with another. It's effective. The students had realizations about themselves and their horses. They noticed things they hadn't noticed before, and they had new ideas about ways to approach things. Usually notice an increase in the confidence level of the student and actually the horse too. Perhaps that's because I show them that I trust their ideas, right? To start out the whole clinic in a session where it's not just about me telling them what to do. It's about all of us together, the student, the horse, me, all allowing ourselves to drop into doing nothing and feel the bubbly foam. Now, progress is not all magic, right? The work of achieving goals and making progress and learning and training, I mean, it is, it's work. It's a process. And success is always going to be a blended activity. Stillness followed by activity, activity followed by stillness, possibility blossoms into a plan, the plan turns into patterns, and patterns need to be freshened up by new possibilities. It's a dance between doing and being. So improving oneself and and training one's horse may not be magic. It may require a lot of dedication and practice to hone one's craft. But in a world where most people are overworking themselves and feeling guilty for, quote, not doing anything, it's worth emphasizing the value of sitting in the stillness of possibility. So nothing is not nothing. Nothing is something. It's effervescent possibility. So can you swim in it? Can you allow yourself to, quote, do nothing capital and nothing, (laughs) long enough to start to feel the bubbles. Can you go there with your horse? 
get your horse out and try doing nothing with them. Notice what happens. If it feels impossible, ask yourself, why? If it feels boring, ask yourself, why? If it feels empty, ask yourself, why? You'll learn a lot. And just keep going until you feel the bubbles. That's when you know you are open to the quantum foam of possibility. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.